Hey there, welcome to the show. So lots going on in the world of real estate and got a couple guests joining me this hour. Looking forward to having Dave Butler from BM Select. As you know, Dave is a professional when it comes down to mortgages and Dave's gonna be joining us uh, and definitely talking about what the Bank of Canada is doing. And maybe we can get a bit of a grasp on, are we finally running out of steam with interest rate increases? And then later in the hour, you know, one of my favorite columnists is Bryn Lackey. Bryn is also with Chestnut Park and she's going to be joining us and we're going to have a good conversation about what's going on in the day-to-day lives of real estate right now. And of course, you know, for me, it's one of those things that, you know, I love being able to delve into before I start a little bit of my rant as I've been, you know, in in the habit of doing over the last little while. I do want to remind everybody. So um, we've created a new simple seminar and it's for first responders. And, you know, one of the things I, I just have to say is that, you know, first responders have done so much for all of us, especially getting through the pandemic. And, you know, I can't name them all, but, you know, nurses, police, you know, firefighters, first response, everybody. And, you know, a lot of them uh, are struggling towards the, you know, looking at their financial futures, you know, things that they could know that they've got security. So here at the uh, Simple Investor, one of the things that we've done is we're creating a program and we are going to launch it at our Simple Seminar on February the 2nd. That's a Thursday at 7 p.m. Um, you can join us here in studio or join us by webinar. And one of the things that we're doing is for first responders, you'll be able to buy an investment property with only 10% down. So typically when you buy investment properties, you need 20% down. Well, we're going to turn around and, you know, work with creating a, a, a second mortgage product that alleviates that extra expense so you can get into the marketplace. And we're going to talk all about it on, uh, on that Thursday. So go to the simpleinvestor.com to register. And we'll be able to, uh, you know, give you a bit of an education on why, you know, it's so important for everyone to own investment real estate, even in times like this. So uh, again, mark your calendar. That is Thursday, February the 2nd at uh, 7 p.m. And go to simpleinvestor.com. And by the way, if you want to follow me, you can follow me uh, on Instagram, the simple investor one. And a lot of times now, um, Omar, my producer, he's been able to, you know, do some of the clips here that we've been doing for some of the shows. And of course, our weekly show will continue. Yeah, that's right. We've re-signed for 2023. That's right. We'll be back uh, next year. Of course, we're going to uh, look forward to doing uh, you know another full year of Simply Real Estate. And uh, I'm really fortunate. I uh, I still have my uh, my producer, uh, Ian Grant. He, uh, in fact, I think Ian and I are coming up almost at a decade together doing the show. And uh, Omar here in the actual studio with me as well. So you know, lots of lots of great things that we've got planned for 2023. And I'm going to be excited to talk to you every single week, try to keep you up to date on what's going on in the world of real estate. And of course, one of the biggest things that we are talking about right now on a regular basis, and probably going to be a good source of my rant, um, probably for the next year anyways, is interest rates, the Bank of Canada, and they lie again. You know what? Here's my problem. You know, when, when, when the governing body for money turns around and says, don't worry, we're going to be very gentle with you. And they keep screwing us. And I got to tell you, that's what they've done because they promised that they were going to do interest increases just a little, maybe a quarter point at the time. When we look back at this year, it has been unbelievable. So eight meetings, seven increases and holy smokes. 
They didn't ease us into this. They just slammed it in our faces. And so here we are at the end of the year and everybody's going, what happened? You know, even, even all the experts I've talked to, they can't believe how aggressive the Bank of Canada has been. And when you hear them talk about, you know, what the, the big motivator is, they continue to talk about, you know, consumers and, and we've seen, a, you know, big inflation. Well, I'll tell you what, how about you take back some of your taxes, stop making, you know, fuel so expensive so the end result isn't so expensive. And so there's all sorts of factors. And I get it. Everybody wants to pick on real estate. That seems to be, you know, before, for the last few years, real estate has been the number one item other than COVID. When you talk at the dinner table, the water cooler at work, everybody talks about real estate. We know that real estate is one of the best topics because everybody has an opinion on it, right? Well, here's the government's opinion. They want to turn around and control the pricing because they want to say that they were doing something for the consumer. And so we're going to control the actual you know, uh, real estate itself by increasing interest rates. So this is going to stop people, you know, maybe we'll cool the market down, but then what are you going to do? Well, let's throw in another, you know, half a million people into the mix every single year. Let's up the population. Don't have enough properties. And guess what? Your math doesn't work. And in the end, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that somebody finally puts some new batteries in their calculator in January. Hey, ask Santa Claus for some, some batteries. I'm talking about the Bank of Canada and stop your increases, okay? You're, you're making people suffer unduly. You know, they weren't prepared. They didn't, they got jumped at and they weren't able to move and pivot quickly enough to lock in at a nominal rate, even after you promised everybody that you weren't going to do this. So in the end, you know, there are some people that are going to struggle. And the one thing I can tell you is that if the bond rate, and I'm going to talk to Dave Butler about this because he's the one who really has a great insight on it, but we should start seeing some easing, some, uh, some of the pressure come off of the fixed rate mortgages and bring them back. I'm not going to call it normal because what is normal? You know, the pandemic has taught us that we don't know what a normal mortgage rate is for everybody that came in on their first mortgage ever at these incredibly low interest rates. That's not normal. But then again, having increases as fast as they have, that's not normal either. So what's normal going to be? I don't know. But, you know, I always want to give a shout out to the powers to be like the Bank of Canada, like the Premier. You know, I, I highly doubt the Prime Minister's tuning in with me every single week. But, you know, if he does, you know, give a shout out to him to, you know, like, you know, take a crowbar to your wallet and start helping out the municipalities. Let's, we need inventory. Okay. And, you know, we got to talk about taxes. Of course, we always talk about taxes. But one of the things that people have to realize is they have to be able to have decent ownership. You know, we need the inventory because that's going to always be the biggest crutch in this entire equation. So Bank of Canada, if you're listening, I think we've had enough. I think you've, uh, you know, you made your point. Uh, you're, you're, you're squeezing a lot of Canadian households. So let's turn around and, and get it normalized a little. Let's, let's, let's give us a reduction in 2023. We don't need to see any more increases. Okay. And at the same time, you know, I'm not asking for a big thing. I'm not, you know, on my Santa's list right now, I'm not saying, you know, drop it by a point or two come January, not at all. And it's not, it's not to turn around and start driving the market up again, but it's to relieve some of the people that did take debt at a much, much lower rate and did not anticipate this quick increase. So I think, you know, if, if we can get everybody to kind of stabilize, then the one thing that we know for sure is just with the, the volume, the, the lack of volume right now in the real estate market, uh, numbers coming out this week were just staggering. 
you know, when we turn around and we go year over year, but you know, what, how, how do we keep using the benchmark year over year? I, I want to say in the last decade, what did November look like? And, you know, yes, it was down, let's say from an average, but not really that much. I mean, if you look year over year uh, from uh, last year to this year, of course, a huge, huge number. They came out with 49% uh, less volume done. And if that was our typical narrative, you know, if we took a look at the year before, the year before that, hey, let's talk about 2017, 2018, 2019. What was the volume like there? Probably a lot closer to this year than not. And so again, these are the kind of numbers that, you know, uh, in the media, and you know, I know some people are saying, well, you're kind of media, you're on the radio. Yeah, but I'm not them. I'm not trying to sell a headline. I'm not trying to sit there and freak people out, you know, and that's one of the things, that shock factor, especially when they lead by just flat out saying, Toronto real estate down by 49%. Okay, that's the big print. Well, come on, like, give me a break. Do you think maybe you could turn around and say, in volume, it, it, but no, you got to get everybody freaked out. And then sometimes people say, well, I, I got to get going. I only get read the headline because some people just scan the newspaper for headlines. So this is that mindset. This is that, you know, fear mongering that I think that real estate has encompassed over the last, you know, several years, and especially going through all the times that we have. So big picture, I just, you know, I'd like to see some people, A, control the narrative, but more importantly, enough of abusing the Canadian public, okay? You know, we, you've made your point with the bank rates. I think that, you know, people are going to be a little bit more cautious coming out of this. But if you think that you're going to kill the drive for real estate, you have another thing coming. Everybody needs a roof over their head. Look, there is, just to give you an idea, um, there is 5 million households that rent. Okay, that number is up from, you know, I think almost a million over the last couple of years. So this is normally generated by, you know, new immigrants coming in. And of course, we don't have that many rental properties. So for those of you that are currently, you know, renting, you're finding it, you know, a lot harder if, or if you're looking for something to rent, it's a lot harder to find something. Vacancies historically low and rents are going up. So Again, you know, careful what you wish for. A lot of these, uh, a lot of these situations, when the government turns around and gets involved, and that's what I call the Bank of Canada getting involved. They got involved in real estate. Okay, that's it. They just this this was a big driver. You know, they wanted to see if they could soften the prices. They, I don't think they're going to have the effect that they were hoping for. And uh, so I'm going to kind of finish off my rant about uh, the Bank of Canada and the government trying to control real estate. We all know where that comes from. But big picture stuff, you know, when uh, when we take a look at what's going to, you know, move forward in 2023, I think really we're going to still see, you know, some strength in the condominium market. I definitely see some strength in the townhomes, semi-detached. I'm going to call it the smaller detached. The people that are in the higher end detached market, they don't have to move. You know, a lot of them are very strong in equity. So I don't think we're going to see that market move as much, meaning less inventory coming to market, which of course, what happens when that does happen? Well, we're going to see prices go up. So I think that there's a few, there's going to be a few areas that we are actually going to see recover. And then we're going to see some status quo. So, you know what, that's, uh, that, that's going to be to, yet to be seen, but we'll, we'll know more. And of course, I'm going to keep everybody up to date uh, again next week. Hey, by the way, Real Estate Talk Triangle, I'm going to have uh, Tim Sirianos here. Dave Butler's going to be joining me again. And uh, we're going to have, you know, kind of have a, a cap off for the year. That's going to be very, very exciting because, you know, um, you know, having these gentlemen join us uh, every month and we get a different perspective. It's a lot of fun, lots of energy. So make sure that you tune in uh, for our uh, next show and we're going to have them join us. But uh, as I mentioned, you make sure you register if you are a first responder. 
Um, you know, this is just, again, there's no commitment. Just it's simply, you know, giving you some information. I think it's really important. And that is going to be Thursday, February the 2nd at 7 p.m. Our simple seminar for first responders. And you go to the simpleinvestor.com to register. But when I come back, we've got more. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. And welcome back. As I mentioned just before the break, I've got none other than Dave Butler joining me from BM Select. And, uh, you know, Dave, I got to talk to you about the Bank of Canada. And, you know, we were, you and I were on the fence. Is it a quarter point? Is it a half point? And I guess, of course, they decided to go with you. Yeah, it looks like they gave us a very, uh, an early Christmas present, I guess. Uh, <laughs> obviously, uh, I'm, I'm joking. That is not the Christmas present we wanted as Canadians. I think it would have been nice to see a 0.25 and really see them rounding out, you know, and closing off the rate hiking cycle. But, um, you know, they did use some interesting language in, uh, in, in, their, in their kind of deposition yesterday afterwards in that they mentioned that this may be near the end of the rate hiking cycle, which, you know, we've been talking about for a while. The, the, this has to end. They cannot continue um and uh it looks like we may be getting there obviously the biggest sign for us is going to be january right we've got that january first meeting of the year and if they do nothing um or even do a 0.25 i think canadians will find that um a positive going into the the new year yeah, you know, Dave, I'm going to correct you on something there. I don't think anybody's going to see positive when we do a rate increase the first of the year. You know, when 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 you and I were talking at the beginning of the year, you know, we were we were promised basically the Bank of Canada was committing to easing the interest rates up. Um, I'm going to tell you, they really bent the Canadian. Uh, public over this year and i think we can look at 2022 as probably one of the most aggressive increases we've ever seen historically for the bank of canada well i'm a bit of a chart nerd and uh ever since uh, they started doing the, some of these crazy increases i've been charting back as far as i can go uh the bank of canada prime rate and i can tell you i do not believe again and, and if someone's going to go past a hundred years, they might find something different. But in the last hundred years, I have not seen uh, this many increases. Out of the eight Bank of Canada meetings we had this year, seven of them resulted in increases, some of which were um, sizable increases that we haven't seen before. Uh, so yeah, I mean, this is 2022 will definitely go down in history, uh, at least as one of the most aggressive, if not the most aggressive rate hiking cycle we have seen in this country. With that said, you know, and we've been beating our chests, you and I, over the last, you know, nine months that, you know, the more aggressive they get, the more likely it is they will have to pivot. Um, and it's, it's you know, it, as we are sitting here today, I think a lot of people, there's a lot of smart people that I've talked to that believe the Bank of Canada is going to have to be in a position by at some point in 2023, looking to go the other way. And uh, I think that's, you know, let's hope they don't uh, you know, go with the same mindset they did uh, with the rate hiking cycle, meaning, you know, you and I talked about it would be nice if they would have raised a couple times a little bit in 2021 near the end there and kind of eased us into this. Instead, they decided to uh, use TNT Dynamite and really show us what they can do. So, <laughs> you know, when when you listen to some of the narrative and, and I need to talk to you about this, because, of course, I know that you, you know, do study numbers. You're a big fan of watching the bond yields and 
on top of that, we got to talk about employment because one of the things that it seems like the narrative coming out of the Bank of Canada is they, they want to see unemployment go up. And, you know, they believe that that's going to have the effect that they're hoping it will on inflation. In other words, they keep telling us, you know, too many people are spending too much money, so we need to unemploy some people. I, yeah, tell me, is, is, that, is that the right narrative to be going at? Well, it's the only narrative they have left. Uh, if we're being realistic about this, um, you know, when you look at all metrics, uh, as far as our economy goes, um, the only one that's still sticking in the level where they could claim they need more interest rate raises is, is unemployment. Every other uh, factor that's, you know, they, that is looked at and determined when looking at moving interest rates is actually going the other way. And I think, as you mentioned, the bond yields, the bond yields are definitely speaking to us. Uh, we've talked about that that will be kind of the early sign as to where rates are going in the medium term. And ever since no, no beginning of November, we have seen a sharp, I mean sharp, decline in the five-year Canadian bond yield. That's obviously tied to the five-year fix to the point where if you were to take out the risk premiums that have been built in for inflation currently, you would actually have a five-year fixed rate today in Canada at around 4.5%. Um, unfortunately, with the risk premiums built in due to high inflation, we see a higher rate than that. But currently today where the bond yields are and uh, taking away the risk premium, you would actually have a 4.5% five-year fixed rate. We're not far off from, I think, the magic number of 3.99 or lower. And I think you get quite a frenzy of borrowers back into the fray. So, you know, Dave, you and I talk about this all the time and it's normally our spring narrative and it's the, the idea that the major banks are going to do some discounting. If we do finally see the leveling off of the Bank of Canada rates, do you think we can anticipate, you know, those, those discounts coming back into the marketplace, especially if they realize that the risk of it going up is pretty much, you know, subsided? Well, it's funny, I, before I, I came on, I was looking at this last night and I had built three different models that would get us to a 399 five-year fixed rate. Um, and that's all through the bond yield. And we are actually at the middle model currently today, meaning, you know, I gave a, a best case scenario, a medium you know, medium case scenario and a worst case scenario. Um, and they all, you know, best case scenario would have been January, February, fixed rates are coming down, middle scenario was around the spring market, and the worst case scenario I thought would have been around August, September, October. We are tracking for the middle scenario based on the model that I've created. So that would come into perfect timing for that spring market. Um, so it was funny when I was looking at the model, I thought of you because I remember thinking, yep, this, this could, the timing could be there for that spring, you know, low rate initiative that we've seen HSBC and BMO come out and start. Um, so the timing is there. It's, you know, I, I really think this January Bank of Canada meeting is going to set the tone. And, uh, and I think the bond yields are going to speak to us for sure. Yeah. And, and folks, just so you know, um, you know, for those of you that, you know, are, you know, out in the evening, maybe watching, you know, a movie or TV or something, Dave is always hard at working on numbers. So, you know, this is, this is one of the things that I know of him, you know, I'll get these texts or emails at odd hours saying, by the way, um, so Dave, it's good. It's good that you're, you're, you're focusing on those kind of things, obviously. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've, I, I think is a narrative for also a lot of people is that, you know, I don't, 
don't think that this half a point increase is going to have a huge impact because we are talking December. We are talking normally, typically our slowest season of the year, you know, December, January, you know, forget about last year or the year before, but really this is, you know, if we go back to our regular cycles, I don't think this is going to impact a whole lot of people right now. Yeah, I would agree with you from, from a mathematical standpoint. Uh, it is actually, you know, and I'm sure most real estate agents and mortgage brokers will hate me for saying this, but I am welcoming the seasonality coming back to our industries. Um, you know, I think we were burning everyone in, in all, you know, in all industries tied to real estate, we were all burning the candle at both ends for the last two years. Um, and the reality is that here in Canada, especially here in Ontario, um, you know, it's such a feverish pace throughout the spring and summer that you really do need a bit of a break. You need the appraisers to get caught up. You need the lawyers to get caught up. You need the banks to get caught up um, from the crazy, crazy times. So, um, you know, seasonality for me was always a good thing. Our team was able to kind of, you know, rest up, make the necessary changes to make ourselves better. I think all companies and all industries need that. And uh, in our case, I'm looking forward to it coming back. You know, as it as it pertains to this newest, you know, the, the most recent 0.5 increase. Yeah, you're 100% right. I mean, mathematically, this should be the time where we have the least amount of transactions. So in theory, it should affect the least amount of people. Um, obviously, a lot of people will say different because their mortgage payments have been affected. But the reality is, as it pertains to the market and how real estate is going to move, um, I think this will have a minimal impact on that. But moving forward, you know, again, the language from the Bank of Canada in January and in their March meetings, I think is really, like I said, that's going to set the tone for our real estate market in 2023. Um, if we can have them curve back a little bit and actually hold tight, I think you're going to see a crazy reaction from the bond yield market. And I think that'll bode well for Canadians that are looking to play in the real estate market next year. Yeah. So, uh, Dave, we're going to go to a quick break. Folks, when I come back, I'm going to have more with Dave Butler from BM Select. And don't forget, if you are a first responder and you want to join us on Thursday, February the 2nd, for our simple seminar, we have our uh, our special offering to first responders where we are having people come in. They can buy investment real estate with only 10% down. Go to the simpleinvestor.com to register and we'll be right back after this. And welcome back. If you're tuning in, my guest right now is Dave Butler from BM Select. You know, you're used to hearing Dave here pretty regularly, both on the Real Estate Talk Triangle and as my guest here talking about mortgages. Dave, just before the break, we were talking about obviously Bank of Canada increased rates, where we sit today. You know, one of the things is at this time of year, we know, you know, historically um, that not a lot goes on in the month of December, even into January. But one of the things also I thought I'd bring up and, and I'm pretty sure you've been seeing is inventory, historical low in inventory. So, you know, one of the things that when we try to talk about the narrative and a lot of people say the real estate market's gonna crash, you, you typically, one of the things that you have to have in a crash market is you have to have so much supply and no buyers. You know, we can talk about interest rates going up. Yeah, we, you know, we're looking at interest rates that we did see back in 2008, but, you know, historically right now, we are at rock bottom when it comes down to inventory. Yeah, again, this is, this is going to go down as, you know, one of the most interesting, um, you know, economic models as it pertains to this sector and, and real estate. Um, there's a lot of things that are going in directions that other things should be following, but yet, you know, we, we are seeing a bit of a skewed situation here. Um, 
you know, look, you, you, you know, I, I think we keep seeing the same things. And I, I have noticed, and I'm sure you and the listeners have noticed, it's the same thing put out by the mainstream media every month. It's volume is down 50%, but price is not. Prices is, is hanging tight. And we know the reason is simply supply and demand. Um, there's still not enough supply. We're seeing builders stopping building. I mean, all, all these things are not generally going to bode well for a price decline, a massive price decline, because the truth is this, in any market, when you're going to look at a, a, a large price decline, you're going to need volume. And the one thing we don't have is we don't have volume. Uh, we're not seeing, you know, uh, sellers panicking and rushing out and selling their homes and and those 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 buyers that are waiting for the deals to rush in. It's just not happening. Um, could it happen if, if things get worse? Sure, uh, in terms of interest rates, but uh, we're not seeing it. And, uh, and I think even I, I was reading a stat that we had a month over month in, sorry, a year over year. So comparing October of uh, last year to October of this year, we had certain pockets that had price increases, albeit very small, but we did see price increases. And again, you know, that goes to the fact that we have no volume. Volume is at, you know, pitiful levels. And when you have that, it's very tough to gauge the price direction. Um, and I'm seeing, you know, like you've been, you've been beating your chest and I, I appreciate you doing it. We're not going to see a massive 30, 40% price correction un, unless you've got some buyers. And unfortunately, with the way that the, the the situation is set up, there's just not a lot of properties out there for the buyers that are out there to buy. Well, and, and you know, when we take a look at the volume, you know, down 49% year over year, um, when we talk about the month of November, you know, and I think, I think this is really important because, you know, if, if we were taking a look at the days on the market, so uh, November last year, 2021, we were looking at days on market sitting at about 18. Right now we're sitting at days on market about 32. Just so, um, you know, for historic reasons, <laughs> I'm going to date myself, of course, you know, back in the 90s, early 2000s. You know, you, we could easily see properties on the market 60, 90, even 120 days when we took a look at a real true crash market. So I'm going to go back all the way back to 88, 89. Houses were staying on the market for six to 12 months multiple price reductions. And this is one of the things that if we take a look at today's market, you know, we're not seeing massive price reductions. In fact, you know, you know, watching the stats coming through the real estate boards, Dave, we're not seeing people starting at one price and ended up going down, you know, like price reduction, price reduction until they finally sell. They just are, you know, they're just taking a little bit longer. So if they take two weeks longer to get the price that they're trying to achieve, that to me tells me that we still have a very consistent and stable price not not you know again not a crash and this is one of the things i don't want people thinking that just because you hear the term 49 percent reduction it's in the number of sales and and again these headlines i think continue to be misleading yeah again uh, mainstream media um you know needs to sell needs to sell the media and uh you know 49 percent seems like a very cool number as opposed to saying that you know uh price is down 0.3 percent um, certainly the 49% part's going to sell a lot more, but, you know, again, for those that study markets and, and study, um, you know, price, price action and, and volatility that comes with it. Yeah. Look, we saw, you know, if we were charting this, we saw some pretty big green bars over the last little while. Um, consolidation is definitely necessary. Seeing new price discovery is definitely necessary, but you know, I, one of the things I, that you and I have talked about a lot again is the volume. And I would be curious 
um, something I should probably do when I when I get off when I get off here, here with you is is check what the volume was in November for 2018, 2019, um, and even 2020. You know, obviously 2020 was one of the COVID years, but you know, just curious because I I definitely don't think we're going to be down anywhere close to 50. percent If anything, if we're comparing to 17 and 18 and 19, I would I would venture to guess we might only be down you know, 20 to 25%. So it's tough to compare against these last couple of years because these last couple of years were definitely anomalies as it pertains to activity in this kind of weird season. So I'm glad you brought up volume because I believe that these are the kind of numbers that I like to be able to regurgitate at a moment's notice. So just to give you an idea, so Dave, 2017 and 2018, again, really, really low volumes. We were playing in the high 70s, low 80s as far as numbers. This year, we're probably going to finish out very similar to that. So if we compare 2017, 2018 in volume, this year could be very, very close to the same number. Now, again, we had a, you know, a rocket start for two months, but then of course, you know, everything started to grind to a halt. So, you know, does that really beget that where we are today? Well, you know, looking at the numbers, I'd say that the overall market itself, um, again, kind of returning to normal, I think is going to be important. But, you know, when, when you and I try to put on our, our, our crystal ball hats and try to say what's going to happen next year, I think your comment, of course, the interest rate, the first interest rate, um, you know, uh, review, I think in January is going to be very, very important. So I, I, I need to put you on the spot just because that's what I like to do. Um, what do you see the market doing? I mean, you, you know, I've already lived and breathed 2022, 2023, you know, um, will volume start to return? I don't want to talk about price. I just want to talk about volume. Do you think you're going to see more people coming back in the market? Yeah, I think we're going to have a tale of two of, of two different parts of the year. I think very similar to 2022, you're going to have, uh, as we saw two different tales of, of each side of the year, first half of the year insane volume very crazy um second half of the year you know uh, the winter doldrums if you will right so um i think we're going to continue on with the lower volume going into 2023 which is natural with with interest rates where they are but i, I really do believe we could have a back half of the year that really starts to pick up and you know that is going to be predicated on interest rates uh stabilizing and hopefully coming down but you know again and I, i'm hoping i can take this clip and replay it a year from now but if we can get 399 or lower on a five-year fixed rate i believe the activity will pick up and i think it'll be a sizable increase in activity um but again we need to get there first the bank of canada is not going to get there first i want the listeners to obviously know this the bank of canada will lag on the downside the fixed rates will be the ones that go lower first right and the bank of canada will come afterwards and they will try to make it seem like they this was all part of their plan. But the reality is, anytime you have fixed rates lower than the variable, that is a problem. That is not normal. And that means policymakers have had have an issue that they have to fix. And that is something that would be unlikely them returning rates back down. I do not believe we will see those super low rates we saw. But I definitely think if we can get down into the threes, we got a market again. I think we'll be talking about activity level picking back up by the end of the year.
Yeah, no, I think that's a great prediction. Um, Dave, of course, you know, everybody knows, you know, being a, being a mortgage broker yourself from BM Select, what is the best way for our listeners to reach out to you and your team? Um, they can get us on Instagram. We are at bm.select, or you can get us at our website, www.bmselect.ca. And uh, obviously, we love working with any simple investor clients and any listeners to the show. It's always been fun working with you guys. Great. Well, listen, Dave, thanks once again for joining me. Look forward to chatting with you soon. And uh, folks, when I come back, I'm going to have Bryn Lackey joining me. Of course, Bryn has been a regular on the show. And we also, uh, just to keep everybody in mind, don't forget, coming up Thursday, February the 2nd at 7 p.m., that's it. I've got my first responders simple seminar. I'm so excited. We've got a special offering for first responders. We want to take care of you because you've been taking care of us. So go to thesimpleinvestor.com to register. And when we come back, uh, I've got Bryn Lacking joining me. So stay with us. We'll be right back. And welcome back. As I mentioned, my next guest joining me, no stranger to the show. I've got Bryn Lackey uh, joining me here. And um, by the way, Bryn is a realtor with Chestnut Park. She also writes a column with the Toronto Sun. And Bryn, welcome back. Thank you. I'm so happy to be back. So, you know what, uh, you know, you and I don't have to get into too much of an introduction. What's going on with world of real estate? I, I think there's some good vibes happening. Maybe you can talk about it. I mean, I think the good vibes, it's a, you know, I think we all, <clears throat> excuse me, I think we were all anticipating, you know, the moment that rates would keep going and we were all sort of hoping that they would just get it over with and then we could get to the other side. And sort of the good news is I think that's where we are. I think that we are very close to, and I say this not being an economist, but being someone who's smart enough to read everything that the smart people are saying. Um, it seems like we're sort of at that point where hopefully things just hold for a bit and the desired effects take effect and we get to the other side of this. Um, what the next few months look like is, you know, it's, it's not looking super rosy, but at least this is where we are now, where, as opposed to just living in anticipation. Okay. So Bryn, I was just talking to Dave Butler and, um, you know, one of the things I thought, and, and, you know, I'm kind of watching as far as the market, it's almost the best time. If we're going to do kind of the final increase, it's almost the best time to do it at this time of year, because, you know, you and I both know with the cycle of real estate, and it seems like we're coming back to the cycle of real estate, as opposed to just like foot to the floor the entire time, you know, December and January have always been pretty much the slowest months that we look at mm -hmm. in, in the real estate cycle you know i think if if people can turn around and and you know start working towards you know getting their affairs in order understanding where the interest rates are i almost think that this is the perfect time to hit the final number yeah i mean i agree i think that allowing some sort of normalization or or it's just coming to some sort of grips with where we're at right now is a good thing i think that if we were long overdue for some rhythms and sort of calendar rhythms back to real estate to your point, it was sort of pedal to the metal for the last three years, I would say. And even prior to that, because we've been dealing with such a supply shortage, people followed where the houses were. So if that was at the end of December, so be it. Um, I think that there will be some grappling just to get figure out what this means. I think, you know, I was reading online, a lot of people sort of lamenting that they would do this rate hike leading into Christmas. And well, yes, you know, that's certainly true. I think that to your point, allowing just sort of the dust to settle so we figure out what this looks like from here over, you know, what historically have been slower months is a good thing. I mean, we're not blowing up 
um, a, a seasonal rhythm. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things coming through the, through the fall, as we saw volume drop, and again, you know, major volume drop uh, year over year, GTA, you know, almost 50% drop for, for the month of November. But when you take a look at that stat, you know, and now let's let's load in December and January, which it means that the volume is going to be even further down. But I actually think that this could start to promote the potential of a bounce back a little in the spring because so many people have put it in park for a while that, you know, if you have four or five or even six months of people sitting on the fence, sooner or later, people are going to have to jump back into the market just because the sheer necessity of, you know, moving out on their own, you know, transferring into, you know, a new work area, things like that, you know, expanding their family. I mean, really, you know, for us to pause out for six months in any marketplace, that's a, that's a tough thing to do. And I think, you know, I think there was much discussion about the powers of pent up demand, particularly coming out of the lockdowns in 2020. Um, I think that as we were trying to unpack all of the forces sort of driving that momentum, pent-up demand was a huge contributing factor that we identified. A lot of people, at the end of the day, economic circumstances being what they are, families still grow, things still shift, people go on pause. And I think especially, you know, you have a huge cohort of downsizers um, who are waiting to see when the time to cash out is. And I think we're also going to see those people you know, look around and go, oh, okay, it's not better, right? It's not, maybe not worse. I think when you're, I think right now when you've got half the transaction volume and to be clear, it's half of ludicrous numbers. Like the <laughs> transaction volume or half of was absolutely bonkers. So I think we should, you know, delve a little bit more deeply into that to truly understand seasonal rhythms, historical averages, all of those things. But I think that, you know, I leading into the spring, there will be people who are going to say, okay, well, this is where we're at. And short of thinking that there is going to be some huge rally or resurgence right around the corner, I think people are going to realize that life goes on. Yeah, no, I think that's a great point. You know, speaking of life going on, one of the things that we've seen in the cycle of real estate is the increase of the number of people that are renting. In fact, last year um, was the highest number of households that are renting, 5 million in Canada. And, and they, they say households, that's not people, that's a household. So, you know, when we start thinking about the population, you know, we're probably getting a little bit closer to 40% of the population are now renting, uh, you know, with low inventory, we're going to add, you know, over the next three years, 1.5 million people. I think a lot of those people are going to be tenants. I mean, I think they're going to have to be, but good luck finding somewhere to stay. <laughs> you know, I think that also is the other component to this that we go okay so the real estate market is kind of buoyed by immigration buoyed by this um almost ceaseless demand for housing i think that when you're looking at the amount of money i mean there's a two-pronged thing here there's the fact that the financialization of real estate people believing in the value of having an investment property that right there those are homes that families are not buying that investors are buying and then renting out to people so there's that but then there's also the fact that, you know, historically, we're at the worst affordability, you know, since ever. <laughs> so when you look at what people have to say, I'm just, you know, summing that up really succinctly. Um, when you look at what people have to save to buy a home, there's a whole large demographic that they are sitting here grappling with the idea of renting forever. And I mean, that is sort of a social shift for Canadians. If you go to Europe, if you go to even New York, which I mean, I think you hear a lot of people sort of championing Toronto on its trajectory <laughs> towards being like New York. 
renting is a cultural thing. There is not the expectation of buying there. So I think that that, you know, could be a, an indication that we're shifting towards that. Yeah. So just a quick note, I'm going to ask you, and I don't want you to show your political side, but, um, you know, oh. right now, right now, the premier is getting pushback from a couple of mayors because the premier was asking for development charges to be dropped to make things a little bit more affordable, affordable for people to buy as well to get developers in. But we got a couple of mayors that are digging in real hard saying not happening to the point where in the media, you're seeing a war between, you know, a couple of these officials. What do you think? It did get a little spicy with um, Mayor Crombie. I watched that. Um, I think, <laughs> you know, I think everybody there it is such a polarizing subject. You have the same thing when you talk about tolls on highways, when you talk about development charges, when you talk about, you know, cities supporting infrastructure for the suburbs. Um, I think that development charges across the board are identified as prohibitive to getting housing built. I think that we have a whole cohort of people who are, you know, ringing the alarm that development charges are a way to keep property taxes low. So essentially, I heard it summed up that, you know, these development charges are at the expense of future generations to protect the you know current generation of homeowners. So I think that there it does need to be a discussion, and I do think that you know change can be you know a bit ugly, and I think that we are going to see this jockeying, um, and I think that there has to be some sort of compromise here. I don't think you can unilaterally um, take away the development charges because at the end of the day, developers do need to be contributing to things like you know drainage and sewer systems and school systems and that kind of stuff, or sorry, school facilities and that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, and I say this as a homeowner in the city of Toronto, who's not thrilled at the thought of my property tax going up, I don't think it can be all or nothing. I think there has to be some sort of um, collaborative impact um, where it's shared. So I, I think that was a very good political answer, Brendan. Oh, I, appreciate, I, I, I appreciate it. No, look, I agree with you. There's got to be a middle ground. I, I, I think because, you know, all sorts of governments want to promise a lot of things. And then when they come down to the municipalities, I think I think they're the ones who, you know, dig in and they want to make sure that their coffers are staying strong. So I think it's going to be a good one to play out. And I'm pretty sure you're going to be able to cover it for us. So, um, but I do, I do want to thank you once again for joining me. Um, always a pleasure having you on the show. And, um, and listen, thanks. Thanks. And uh, all the best for the holidays. Thanks so much for having me back. You too. That was Bryn Lackey. And by the way, you can catch Bryn um, with some of her Toronto Sun articles. Great reads. So I do want to thank Dave Butler, of course, for joining me as usual. And more importantly, I want to thank uh, Ian and Omar. They kept it simple for me as they do every single week. And I want to thank you for tuning in, making us the number one real estate talk show. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. You've been listening to Simply Real Estate right here on News Talk 1010.